Welcome to the Front Stretch Race fans, presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs, online at joeskarting.com. Fast pace, white knuckle racing just across the river, 23rd Avenue over in Council Bluffs. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And Dirk, a lot has happened since we last talked. The Bristol dirt uh, race got off the ground and um, had a couple of uh, Boone Super National issues they had to deal with. Huge car count couple of cautions and you know that pesky old grain well a huge car count was by design um and actually they didn't end up with as many cars as they thought they were going to have you know a lot of guys with the pending rain i think decided not to go down i think a lot of the guys also looked at the entry list and decided not to go down so yeah when some of those big names show up or the number of cars in a class they think ah i'll save my money and stay home yeah what did I mean, you supers they had over 100 entered and they didn't get near that many yeah but uh what did you think overall i i thought the racing was honestly pretty good for the first year in something they haven't done in what you said 50 years i think 50 or 60 years since they raced on dirt at bristol no that's just cup cars oh yeah yeah no they've raced you know bloomquist had raced there before and he's not you know he's not 80 so but uh, he looks like it though <laughs> sometimes <laughs> Sometimes he acts like he's 10, so it's all good. But uh, no, the best racing, contrary to what normally goes on at a local track, the best racing were the compacts. Yeah, They actually raced. I mean, I don't know if anybody watched the 604 feature, but Ty Dillon was in there, and it was like he had an extra 20 horsepower. Yeah, you know, as as much as people love to give Ty Dillon uh, some grief, that boy knows how to wheel a late model. Oh, that's what he grew up in. Yeah, you know exactly. But uh, you know, you got a guy like Corey Dumpert who nobody around here can touch, and he couldn't touch anybody down there. You know, I think he started mm-hmm. seventh in that in that feature and ended up eleventh. And uh, you know, I you just kind of wonder. And and I know I've read plenty of stuff about the the different rule packages and engine packages, and that's why some people from around here go to South Carolina to get an engine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot to that, but. Yeah, I mean, Ty Dillon was head and shoulders above the rest, you know, and the other guys, there were some good racers in there, so there's no reason why he should have been. Ty or Austin. Excuse me, Austin. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a great uh, a great sw- uh, foray into that area. We're going to see this weekend how the uh, the NASCAR Top Touring Series fare. It'll be really interesting to see what happens on Sunday with the Cup Series on uh, on on dirt at Bristol and, and not doing a, a, a regular race. They're or qualifying. They're going to be doing heat races, which I think there's a lot of people that are very excited about this too. The only thing I just got done watching the eye racing <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be a crash fest because there ain't no reset, but well, the you know, the, the, the guys will, will are going to be a little bit cleaner and a little more cautious when there isn't a reset button. Yeah. Well, a lot of this is going to be out of their control. I mean, they're, they're talking about racing a car that weighs one and a half times more than a regular dirt late model with less tire and more horsepower. Well, not more horsepower, but comparable horsepower. Mm-hmm. These guys tonight, they just slid all over the place and kept slamming the wall. And a couple of guys that look good is uh, William Byron won the race tonight, the I-race, and uh, Tyler Reddick finished second. And Tyler Reddick's the guy, he came from the middle of the field, but Kyle Larson couldn't get out of his own way. You Which know, is a nice change of pace for him. <laughs> well, yeah, especially being on dirt. You know, I think he ended up second or third yeah. in the Lucas Oil or the, I think it was World Outlaws cars actually at uh, at Bristol last weekend in the late model. I think he ended up third, second or third. 
Bloomquist is up front and Jonathan Davenport, just all the big names went to the front again, as, as you would expect. So local Jesse Sobbing had some luck down there. Yep, and, Josh Most did did too. Iowa and Nebraska was well represented uh, at the uh, the Bristol Dirt Nationals. I don't remember if it was the stock car feature on Saturday or the modified feature. I looked at one of them, and the top twelve spots in the feature, seven of them were from Iowa. Yeah, what did I? Was it you that brought that up, or somebody else that was maybe was mentioned it to me? Twenty percent of the drivers that were registered to be at Bristol came from Iowa. Well, somebody said that down to us down at the auto show, but I, I'd have a hard time if that was right, because I, I don't think I saw that many. And there might have been some that, you know, registered and didn't go. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know the fields were full. The sport mod field was supposed to be full at 180 cars, and I think they ended up with 112. But uh, really cool deal. And, and hopefully that's something that's going to be an annual event. I think there was a lot of drivers, you know, I, I saw some comments of we were lucky that our car only got minor damage or, you know, l- at least we were okay when we came out of it. Um, it was a short track race. I mean, th- can you, you could probably attest this a little bit more with actually being at some of those races, but even up in the NASCAR circuit, sometimes leaving with all of your fenders on your car is a blessed day. Oh yeah. Yeah. It just, you know, it depends on your budget. You know, stuff just happens so fast at that track. And and I saw a couple of guys comment about that, that they're talking milliseconds as opposed to to half seconds or quarter seconds that they have reaction time to. It was insane how quickly things sped up for them and and their reaction times just weren't used to it. Yeah, well, they were they were, you know, clicking right along. They were saying that they were figuring the uh, compacts were averaging 97 miles an hour a lap. You know, that's a modified car at uh i-80 mm-hmm. that's that kind of speed that, so. that is insane at that little bitty track insane wow. all right let's get into some of the news uh unfortunately we got some uh some uh, i would say frustrating news just a couple of days ago as the uh did you notice that it rained on tuesday did you happen to notice that dirk yeah um <laughs> On Tuesday and Monday and Sunday. And, uh, <laughs> Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Uh, yeah, so I mean, because of that. For like 43 hours. Yeah. Because of that and the high chance of more rain coming on Friday night and Saturday morning, the Nebraska Dirt Crown has been postponed temporarily. They're currently working with the three racetracks, US 30, I, or sorry, the four racetracks, Thayer County, U.S. 30, IED Speedway, and Beatrice Speedway, not in that order, trying to get uh, new dates scheduled, and they're trying to be persistent to get that races, those races in. I was really looking forward to some racing this weekend, but I do applaud the Nebraska Dirt Crown for making the call early. Now, oh. because they made the call early, it's going to be sunny and 70 for the rest of the week, despite what the weather forecast says, and that's going to give plenty of the keyboard commandos on Facebook a chance to attack Nebraska Dirt Crown for pulling the trigger too soon. Yeah, if anybody's listening, Scott, Scott, if Scott's listening, I know with everybody's schedules all set up, it's going to be hard to try and find a four-day weekend to run this. That's why you ran yeah. it at the beginning of the year. It's real yeah. easy to figure that part out. How about you just try and make uh, four Tuesday night shows over either four weeks or eight weeks? Yeah, that might be a good thing to do. I'm, I'm sure those guys uh, would be interested in hearing that and, and try to work something out. But there was there's just no way with the forecast, the cloudiness, the lack of temperature, the lack of wind, that those racetracks were going to be worth anything 
come come the weekend. So I I, I applaud them for for making the call early and giving drivers a chance to rearrange their schedules and not um, spend the money to get to US 30 or ID Speedway and end up the races were canceled inevitably. So uh, sad news there. Second year in a row, the rate, the uh, Nebraska Dirt Crown gets rained out and gets postponed. But again, we'll keep you up to date with if we're able to, if they're able to get that race rescheduled for a later time. But yeah, I was talking with somebody today when it comes to IED Speedway schedule, there's not a lot of Fridays that are open because if it's not a special that's filling the hole, it's NASCAR weekly racing. So that's going to be very difficult to do. Yeah, that's why I said, and you know, the races pretty much start. I think US 30 is a Thursday night shot. So that basically leaves Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday because Lexington's running on Sunday. And some of the guys here go out to Lexington. Yeah. Dawson County out for Chad Dolan out there. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of work for the four tracks. It'll be more work for like US 30 to run a Tuesday show. But I-80's got a Tuesday show or two on their schedule. I think they could put that together. I think all the track could do that if they wanted to. And the racers will make it. Do you think so? Do you, I think a Tuesday race is tough to pull drivers out and to pull fans out. But do you think it's they could make to, it work? Yeah, it's tough. It's a little tougher to pull, pull fans out. But when you run a special like this, your cars are going to show up. Mm-hmm. And, and they're going to make a Tuesday show, especially with the monies involved. And they're talking about, you know, a, a four-day four-day championship you know points fun deal and everything they'll get some cars they'll do all right car ways i think want to send a big congratulations out to tony stewart who decided to finally bite the bullet and become a committed man he uh, proposed to his girlfriend who i believe they've been together for about a year maybe a maybe a little bit over but uh, tony stewart made the announcement i believe that was on sunday uh actually thursday of last week that uh he had become engaged to his girlfriend and can't wait to spend the rest of a life with him. So congratulations to him. And so sorry, all those girls that were hoping to get smoke as their sugar daddy. Married a drag racer. Yeah. Yeah. Beatrice Speedway was supposed to race the spring nationals over the last weekend. And that was supposed to be a Thursday practice, Friday race, Saturday race. Ended up being a Friday practice in a Friday show with a Saturday show that then got changed to a Friday practice in a Saturday double show which then got changed to a Saturday single show. After seeing the racetrack on Saturday, I think Beatrice made the right call. That was a very, very gooey track that was rutting up pretty bad. Well, it's spring and the tracks are good. They're yeah. all going to rut. That's yeah. just life in the Midwest, with, especially with as wet as it's been. So, yeah, that's know, been the tough part about they, If they got out here today and started to work on that track though with as much moisture as they have they can smooth that out real quick 200 and i think i saw the final count was around 214 215 cars that were checked in for the saturday event of the beatrice spring nationals uh great race great uh, what i got to see i got to see some great stock car racing and uh some great uh, uh modified racing so it was uh, it was good to see some racing finally on on xr and uh, and enjoy some. When I was on Flow Racing, was Beatrice XR was was dirt was Bristol, but um, glad to see Beatrice was able to get at least something in, and there were some fans that were able to go out and enjoy some racing. So congratulations to all those that won Saturday at Beatrice for the Spring Nationals. What's the next race in this area that's coming up? Is it the uh, Buggy or at I eighty or the Spring um, Meltdown? Yeah. So yeah, the Spring Meltdown feature in the Nebraska 360 Sprint Cars and the Malvern Bank Super Late Models along with Sport Mods on Friday, April 2nd, and then Saturday, April 3rd, the Nebraska, I say it again, it's the 360 Sprint Cars, not the Nebraska 360 Sprint Cars. That series is no longer around. 
360 sprint cars, Malver makes super light models on Saturday, along with the modifieds. That is the spring meltdown. I believe that is the next race uh, coming up in the next, uh, in this area. So excited for that to finally get started. Do you want to talk NASCAR news and notes, or do you want to skip over that and jump into uh, the Atlanta motor speedway results? Um, I thought we were going to discuss a little bit about, uh, you know, what's going to happen at some of these tracks and stuff and what's the end result of practice and qualifying. Yeah. Yeah. I, let, let's do that. I, I, I sent you a screenshot of a tweet that went out. So this was from Eric Epstein. NASCAR doesn't need three hour practice each week, but it does need one plus a traditional qualifying session. If practice and qualifying goes away forever, Fans won't pay to camp at the racetrack. Fans won't buy weekend passes. Value to the next networks will plummet and so on. Let me get your well, thoughts on that, Dirk. People are still going to go camp because the campings, let's face it, for 90% of the campers, it ain't about the race. It's about the party. Yeah. So I, I don't see that changing. It might cut down a day. You know, if there's really no on-track activity on Friday, you know, Friday might be move-in day instead of Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and until they open everything back up, it doesn't matter because if they're only going to let people camp outside the track, you know, it, the camping will be cut clear down. It, I mean, at Kansas Speedway, there's still a ton of camping outside. Right. You know, they got those parking lots are just full of campers there on the north side of the track. And let's face um, it, a NASCAR race weekend without practice and qualifying is still a NASCAR race weekend because I don't believe there's a single NASCAR Cup Series race that is only the cup series at the track that weekend. Uh, my, no, my point to that is that there's always a companion race, whether it be an Xfinity race or a truck series race or all three series is there. It's not just the cup series. That's at the race that weekend at the, at the track that weekend or an ARCA race. Right. So there's going to be something with them. So it's two days worth of racing. It's still a race on Saturday and a race on Sunday, unless weather inter, inter, interferes with that. Um, now, I, I think their layout for Bristol, I think, coming up this weekend, didn't they? I think all the truck heat races and then the cup heat races are being run Saturday. And then the truck feature, for lack of a truck race, I mean, will be run Saturday night. And then the cup race will be run on Sunday. Uh, that's correct. I, I, I can't confirm all of that. I can confirm that the schedule for the cup series this weekend is first practice on Friday, final practice on Friday. So both practices for the Cup Series will be on Friday with their uh, feature race or their full race on Sunday. Yeah, well, so that's got to leave their heats are got to be Saturday because they're running heat races. Sorry, yes, your qualifying heat races are on Saturday. That's right. So practice yeah. on Friday, qualifying on Saturday, race on Sunday. You know, I'm just glad they decided to give them a practice. But yeah. Uh, so your uh, thoughts on that? You've been a you, you've kind of been a, a you haven't been a fan of no practice. Not at all. Now, do they need three hours of practice a weekend? No. Do they need a practice after qualifying? No. You know, the trucks went to that while I was still working with them. We were the guinea pig on that deal. We would, we would go out and qualify and then impound the trucks and then they could go make changes to the track bar. Mm -hmm. So they could change wedge a little bit and they could reset the air pressures and the tires and they could retape the nose. That was all they were allowed to touch between their qualifying trim and what they were going to start the race in. That's why you saw a lot of the truck races the last several years. The faster trucks were a little bit further back and uh, because they qualified in race trim, which is, tech, you know, over the years, incredibly slower. And uh, but it was always so much work. I mean, it used to be in Daytona. It was a three a three engine week. 
You had an engine to yeah. qualify, an engine for practice, and an engine to race. You know, they were changing engines all the time. You know, they changed engines after qualifying and then back into the practice engine for happy hour and then back into the race engine. You know, it was crazy. And so they've gone to the single engine deal and now these engines got to be run. They don't have to rerun two or three consecutive races, but they have to be run like three races all the way up to the cup series. Yeah. So I think just one practice session and I like qualifying and then qualify them and then race them. You know, yeah, I, I agree. I qualify that big a deal. I completely agree with you on that, that I don't think there needs to be three, three hours of practice session for these drivers uh, and for the teams. I would like to see one practice session. One thing I have liked out of this no practice and no qualifying is that some of your typical teams, and we'll use Kyle Busch as an, as an example, have really struggled on race day because they don't have an opportunity. They don't have that three hours of practice every race weekend to work on their car and to make the slight adjustments. I think that I like that, that it's changing things up a little bit. And I think we're seeing a little bit more parity in the sport that some of the smaller or the mid-sized teams that practice is a huge expense for them that now they can focus on R and D or, um, or, or purchasing data from some of the bigger teams, some of their, their, uh, their alliances and that we're seeing them higher up in the finishing order than we would see in a normal year. Yeah, well, it's not, you know, the R&D is still the same. Half your R&D is the practice time at the track. That's just the way it works. Always has been, always will be. So right now they don't have near the R&D they've got. They don't have, they don't have anywhere near the wind tunnel time. Well, and they, they, they haven't had, had wind tunnel time ago. for years. NASCAR banned that a couple of years ago. No, they didn't. Yeah, is NASCAR right? banned wind tunnel testing years ago. By the teams themselves. It's set up by the manufacturer. We had a big talk with Shane Wilson about it. Not Shane Wilson, Shane Martin about that down in Kansas City when we ate dinner. He's yeah. in charge of all the wind tunnel testing for the Xfinity cars done by Chevrolet. Every one of them, they book their time through him. Cup cars still have wind tunnel testing. That's never going away. It's just you had teams like Joe Gibbs and stuff could go into the wind tunnel every week if they wanted to because they had the money. Hendricks well, would go every week because they had the and, money. And again, we're, we're getting a little sidetracked like we love to do sometimes, and I don't mind, but uh, did you do you think that the, the the quote that I read there that if they got rid of practice and qualifying that fans won't will will only come to the racetrack for one one day of the week. No, I still think that if there's camping open, like I said, I think it's for most of the people the camping, you know, the party is the whole deal. They could care yeah. less about the race. They went they went to a party and a race broke out. I agree to that to a certain extent. I, I think you're right there that if I'm going to go to a NASCAR race weekend, I'm not just going for the for the green flag to the checkered flag and driving home. I'm, I'm going for an experience over the weekend, and I still think NASCAR does a fantastic job creating an environment over the entire weekend that gives you something to do. Well, some of the tracks do, and some of the tracks aren't quite so good at that. Yeah. No, I don't think it will kill NASCAR. Now, it, it does hurt the TV a little bit. Because TV used to put all the practices on for uh, for Cup anyway. They didn't put all the Xfinity and truck stuff on, but they did. They put on all the Cup practices. Yeah, you know. So I, obviously, if there's no practice, they're going to lose you know some advertising dollars for that. But I think they can fill their time. Yeah, and I don't know where I land on that because I don't. I can't imagine the practice and qualifying was a was a ratings getter. That I mean, I for for the last twenty years of my life, I've been selling stuff based on ratings and. When ratings are in the tank and people know it, it, it's a tough pill to sell. Now, more than likely, just 
my vague understanding of how the industry would work, you sell the practice and qualifying as icing on the cake. Maybe that icing's not there. Maybe that doesn't matter for the for the sponsors. I don't know. I I'm a I'm I'm fine with two of the practices going away and a change to the qualifying. I would love to see heat races rather than qualifying. I think qualifying is one of the most boring things to watch when there's one guy, one driver going out there and making two laps, trying to put up a fast time and then pulling into the pits. I think that's I I, I don't find that interesting. That's just me. No, but- They've gone away from that. That's why they were doing the group qualifying. And I kind of liked that a little bit more, but then the drivers manipulated that enough to where NASCAR had to get rid of it. And then we got rid of qualifying altogether. So well, they, I would like they, got, they got rid of qualifying altogether because of COVID. That had nothing to do with anything else. Well, no, you remember when, when, what was it? It was like three or four, maybe five races into it. They all went out and they sat on the end of pit road and all wanted to go run one hot lap. And Boyer tweeted something that said, well, it didn't take us very long to screw that up. And then eventually NASCAR went back to the single uh, single car qualifying. Yeah. I, that was, no I think that was at the end of the 19 season. And then 20, we just, we had to get rid of everything. But anyways, I'll be really interested to see what NASCAR does coming out of this. Uh, I, my experience with it is, is if we sit here and say um, no more qualifying, no more practice, we want heat races. They're going to say, Hey, five hours of practice and we're going to do double qualifying. Another one that we need to talk about is the Noah Gregson and Daniel Hemrick incident that happened at Atlanta in the Xfinity series. Did you get to see the clip of what happened on pit road that started the whole brawl after the race? Yeah, I, I didn't see the race itself, but yeah, I've seen the video. I watched it several times. And uh, do I think Gregson meant to hit Hamrick? No, but you think he backed back. up that far, not not trying to hit him? Yeah, I do. Really? Yeah, he had to maneuver. He wasn't even in his box yet. He couldn't start his pit stop until he got into his box. Yeah, so he had to back up to be able to get over to the left to get into his box. I don't think I believe me. It would have been a hell of a lot harder hit if he was backing up and trying to hit him. <laughs> well, and and if if NASCAR obviously lands on the same side as you and said that we didn't feel like it was intentional. So therefore, there was no penalty issued to Noah Gregson for the pit road incident during the race. And I don't believe there was any penalties issued for the post-race scuffle, which has been NASCAR's MO for like the last five years. Boys have at it. Yeah, but if if you were going to go with a penalty there, the penalty would have been on uh, Hemrick for coming to Gregson. Yeah. Uh, That that is one thing that, boy, I, I don't know what happened there, but but how lucky is it that that front tire changer front uh and the tire carrier the jack man those guys that come across that hood to go over to the right side and start doing that work they were far enough ahead that they didn't get involved in the incident but if they were a a second two seconds behind it could have been a very bad situation well no it would have been more the other way if they were one or two seconds further ahead they'd have been coming back around the front of the car yeah there too yeah they had more of a chance to get hit there than they did going out because those guys go out before the car is even in the pit box. Uh, lucky that no one got hurt, but thankfully no one oh, yeah. did. And we get to uh, we get to move on and, and talk for another day. All right, let's keep moving forward. We're going a little long in turn number one. Just covering some more NASCAR news and notes. Roger Penske says that he expects to re-sign Brad Keselowski. They're in a current contract year. And uh, Roger says that he would like to keep bad Brad in the number two for at least a few more years. So that's usually the beginning of the we're we've now signed Brad Keselowski to a, to a contract extension. Yeah. I mean, Brad's not 40 yet, so he's got several years left in the sport and uh, you don't know 
when he's going to decide to pull the pin now that he's gotten himself married and got a couple kids and he seems to enjoy his kids. I follow him on Facebook and he's always posting pictures with him and his girls. So, mm-hmm. you know, and good for him. That's great. But uh, what might've been a career that went another 10 years, you know, whatever he signs here next may very well be his last contract. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. Turn number two, we're going to sit down with Anthony Ainsley, voice of the Malvern Bank Super Light Model West Series and the Holland with Hoker Trucking East Series. And then in turn number three, we're going to talk with Joe Kaziski, promoter and owner of I-80 Speedway, about their 2021 race schedule. We're going to come back in turn number four. We're going to talk a little bit a lot about Atlanta, and we're going to get you set for the Bristol Dirt Race Sunday at, well, Bristol. That'd be a good place to have the Bristol Dirt Race. Yeah, I kind of agree. I agree. <laughs> We're going to take a break and I'm going to try to recenter. We'll be back on the front stretch. Red Oak Fabrication in Red Oak, Iowa is changing the powder coating game. Drivers and teams have overpaid for good work for far too long. Get to Red Oak Fabrication and get quality powder coating at an affordable price. A brand new bare frame gets done for $450. Plus the turnaround time? Days, not weeks. Get your free estimate today. Email Jordan F at RedOakFabrication.com. See what Red Oak Fabrication can do for you today on their facebook page or at redoakfabrication.com every race car driver has run into the same problem it's well past normal parts store closing hours but you need that one to finish your car the guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you joe's karting racing parts and tire store open until 10 p.m monday to thursday and open until 11 p.m on friday and saturday a parts store that fits your after hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at joe's karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse joe's for more information 